Yo, yo, yo. Hey, man, what's poppin', man? It's your boy, Dear Yates, and we're here with a whole nother episode of the Matt Project Show. First thing first, I'd like to give all praises, honor, and glory to the Most High God, Yahweh, in the name of his son, Yahweh Shai, who the world calls Jesus, right? Boom! Hey, look, um, today's episode is going to be specifically talking about um, uh, one of the worst massacres that happened in America to our people. A ma- just, just all out slaughter. And we're going to get some details and I'm going to play a little video for you to kind of brush you up on the history because most of our people don't even know that this happened. This happened post-slavery, right? Um, but tonight at 7 p.m., because I'm going to be releasing this a little early, at 7 p.m., we're going to be having um, a Zoom class meeting where we're going to be talking about a specific, you know, just, just having a specific class, you know, dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. And if you want to be a part of that, please email me. My link is in, the, my email is in the description. Email me, inbox me on Facebook, Instagram, you know, however you're able to get in contact with me. Get in contact with me so I can send it to you so you can be a part of the class. You know, and there you can ask questions and, you know, through the spirit, if if we have answers, we got you. And, you know, it's just a fellowship of our, you know, brothers and sisters. So, so we're going to get straight into this video, though. All right. Oh, and one more thing before we actually get into the video. Please, please like it on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Share it. Share it with your friends, share it with your people, subscribe on iHeart, Spotify, wherever you consume your podcasts, subscribe, send it to your friends and family. We're trying to get this information out for our people, but we're about to get to this video. It was called the Red Summer of 1919, named for the blood that ran through America's cities during months of racial unrest. African-American soldiers had returned home from the Great War, World War I, to a country still teeming with discrimination. And in their quest for civil rights, tensions between blacks and whites reached a tipping point. Deadly race riots broke out in over two dozen cities, but one rural town, Elaine, Arkansas, would become the epicenter for the bloodshed. The violence there, lynch mobs, torture, indiscriminate murder, was so horrific it would go down in history not as a race riot, but as the Elaine Massacre. This is history. Dark history. During World War I, more than 350,000 African-American soldiers enlisted to serve. But while they fought for democracy abroad, their own country, America, was still not willing to see them as equal. White supremacy was very mainstream at this time in the United States. Basically, a lot of African Americans were seeking to obtain their full rights and equality in the United States. And violence was often used by mobs of whites. Tensions reached a boiling point in the summer of 1919. Race riots broke out in dozens of cities across the country. But in the rural South, something even more menacing was taking form. There, slavery existed in all but name. In a system called sharecropping, Farmers provided landowners with labor for a share of crops produced, but the system was rigged. Sharecroppers were often kept in perpetual debt. 
One black sharecropper raised $500 worth of cotton and his landlord told him, yeah, but you used $697 worth of supplies, so you owe me money. Everyone who has any power at this point is working to make sure they keep African-American laborers tied to the land. For roughly 50 years, the system went unchecked. In the fall of 1918, a black man from Arkansas had had enough. Robert Hill had decided to form a union to represent sharecroppers. It was a dangerous decision, and one that would set off a chain of events involving mass murder, torture, and a landmark Supreme Court ruling. But first, he would need to organize. In his message, Hill was pretty simple and direct. Why is it that we cannot have fair payment for the honest and hard work we do? Despite the inherent risk involved with challenging whites, World War I veterans and other black sharecroppers became card-carrying members of the Progressive Farmers and Household Union of America. He believed that by paying dues, these members could have the services of lawyers and sue plantation owners uh, for cotton that had been stolen from them and false numbers that had been placed in the plantation stores books. On the night of September 30th, 1919, union members gathered in Elaine to discuss their legal plan. This is in Phillips County. It's basically just a crossroads at this time, a road, a few houses, a railroad siding, no streetlights. There's also a one-room wooden church, and that's where the union met. Expecting that they might have trouble, the union posted a guard of about six men. They had shotguns and rifles. The meeting's taking place. And while they're having this discussion, a car rolls up the road. Two white men were in the car. By one account, one of the white men in the car said, you all get away from there. And shortly thereafter, a shot was fired. Though it remains unclear who fired first, a barrage of gunfire broke out. One of the white men was killed almost instantly. The rumor of a black uprising spread in a matter of hours. The idea of a sharecropper rebellion conveniently played into the hands of landowners who did not want their sharecropping practices scrutinized. They did all they could, as quickly as they could, to sound alarms that black farmers were out for white blood. The story gets magnified that the town is under attack, that blacks are killing people in the streets, and that there is a revolution afoot. The sharecroppers quickly formed self-defense groups, expecting repercussions over the death of a white man. But they could not have predicted just how severe the response would be. The following morning, under the watchful eye of Sheriff Frank Kitchens and his deputies, posses of white men were sent to find, detain, and kill the offenders. When you have an out-of-control mob just being told there's a Negro insurrection going on, that mob is being very indiscriminate in its violence. You see houses being attacked. Black-owned homes being ransacked. The black school was burnt. Notable families were killed. Black women and children have to go literally hide out in the woods because many of these people are indiscriminately shooting at African-American women and their children. Black veterans and other African-Americans took up arms in self-defense. This no doubt just feeds into the mob fervor. The fact that, oh, they're daring to shoot back at us. This must really be an insurrection. One historian has identified more than 20 different killing sites where African-Americans were being killed. There are stories that mob members were taking souvenirs, such as ears or fingers from the bodies of fallen African-Americans. One of the leading black families of the county, they weren't even in the town. They had just received a brother back from the French front. They are pulled from a train, put in the back of a car, and they are stabbed, shot, 
and their mutilated bodies are left on the side of the road. Within two days, 500 U.S. troops were sent to quell the supposed black uprising. They don't find any blacks killing or shooting down the streets. In fact, Colonel Jinks reports that the city is filled with hundreds and hundreds of white men with guns. Many of the individuals who were hiding in the thickets were former soldiers who had just gotten back from the war. And when they see the army troops come, they rush out, believing that the army troops are there to assist them. The army believes that these people are rushing toward them to attack, and they're cut down by machine gun fire. Although the exact number will never be known, a recent estimate suggests 237 black men, women, and children were killed. There was an immediate demand for justice, but not for the black lives lost. Five white men were also killed in the fighting. Hundreds of African Americans were rounded up and put in jail, and when the jail was full, they detained the rest in a schoolhouse. While they are detained, there is torture going on. The goal? To elicit false confessions of a black uprising. They whipped the men, whipped them for long periods of time. They stuffed formaldehyde up their noses, and they stripped them naked and shocked them with electrical charges. They did this until they confessed to the conspiracy. Robert Hill escaped to Kansas, but his peers back in Arkansas were not as lucky. 122 indictments were issued, and trials quickly started. The men were brought into the court in chains. They weren't allowed to consult with their defense attorney. The defense attorney rarely interjected, and then the all-white juries started delivering guilty verdicts. In one case, the guilty verdicts came back in two minutes. It's also important to point out that there were mobs of people outside who were demanding black blood. Governor Bruff maintained that at some point these people would be killed, but they would have to have been killed justly. The governor lived up to his word, when among the 87 black citizens charged with crimes, 12 were sentenced to death by electric chair. Despite the system being blatantly rigged against them, the convicted men had one unlikely beacon of hope. The American justice system. The trials of the Elaine 12 had been highly publicized, the NAACP took notice and stepped in with legal help for the 12. For four years, the team faced a series of legal setbacks and advances until in 1923, the case made its way to the Supreme Court in what is now known as Moore versus Dempsey. There, the defense argued that the original trials had been mob-dominated and the black prisoners had been denied their constitutional rights. In a landmark decision, the court agreed. The good that comes out of this is that the NAACP sees for the first time that it can win in the Supreme Court, that things don't always fall along the color lines. The Twelve, subjected to torture, injustice, and litigation travesty, were at long last exonerated and released in January 1925. They might have escaped with their lives, but there was nothing that could reverse the pain and devastation felt by the black community in Phillips County. And no way to unsee the ungodly truth that American men, alongside the American government, were complicit in a massacre of American citizens on American soil. Let's, let's get clear on a few details from um, just from the video, and I will implore you to Everybody uh, look up the Elam massacre that, that happened in um, 1919. Um, just to get some more information on, you know, what happened during that time, because that was it was just all out slaughter. 
And even them giving that estimate of 237, uh, estimate 237, that's not including the ones who, you know, people never saw of again, never heard of again. That They just giving a rough F estimate. You know that they're going to always downplay these numbers. That, that That's just the all-out truth. And not one person was convicted of killing these innocent-ass people. Not one person was convicted of murdering our people. Not one person. In fact, they convicted the black people who didn't even do shit. They convicted black people who didn't even do anything and sentenced them to death for the death of what they said, five white white men? They're trying to defend themselves in the death of five white men, right? So, but let's get to a few facts, though, right? Um, There was 12 released, right? It was 12 released. It was 87 charged, right? What happened to the other 75 people? It was 12 sentenced to death row. They got them off death row. But what happened to the other 75 that was charged and sentenced to other crimes other than death? You see how, how they do us, man? You see how there's no justice in this country? How there's no peace in this country? A massacre that killed hundreds of people. Hundreds of people we don't even talk about. In another country, if let that happen in another country, right? America would have been like borderline. We got to invade them. But because it happened on America's soul, guess what? Well, you know, we just got to chalk that one up. We just got to chalk that one up, huh? We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 66. And it reads, and thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear the day and night, and shall have no assurance of thy life. Is that not talking to us? Are we the ones that don't have no damn assurance of our life right now? Something bad could happen to me. Something bad could happen to my children. Something bad could happen to any of you. For a so-called black, Hispanic, and Native Indian, something bad can happen to you every day. And guess what? They're not even going to hold themselves guilty, right? We're going to go to Zechariah chapter 11. The thing is, is once you start realizing that you are the people of the Bible and that everything that is happening in normal, quote-unquote, life is biblical prophecies and it was prophesied to happen to your people because of disobedience. That's it. That's why this is all happening. That's why we we have an Elam massacre that killed hundreds of people. I, I don't even want to give a number to because they fucking lie so damn much. And they tried to sweep it under the rug so damn much. It could have been a thousand, two thousand people. Right? But let's just stick to hundreds. Let's let's take them for face value on this one. Uh, well, a little bit, because he said that they don't know. But he said at least an estimate of 237. 237 people was slaughtered because one white man died. The numbers ain't even adding up. And not one fucking white man went to jail, right? Let's go. Zechariah 11. 
It's bullshit. You should hear this, these stories. You should hear this stuff and get pissed the hell off. Right. Zechariah 11 and verse 5. It says, whose, whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. Right. They slay us and hold themselves not guilty. Right. Keep going. And they that sell them say, blessed be the Lord, for I am rich and their own shepherds pity them not. Right. They're the ones out here killing us, slaying us, holding themselves not guilty. They got all the money. They got everything. We're the ones broke down. We're the ones killed. We're the ones slaughtered. We're the ones oppressed every single day. And they're rich. They saying we good. And we ain't going to have no pity on the people who we're ruling over. There's no assurance of our life, right? Keep going. It says, for I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. But lo, I will deliver the men, everyone, into his neighbor's hands. It's the most high delivered us into the hands of the so-called white man, right? Keep going. Into the hands of his king, right? They shall smite the land, and out their hand I will not deliver them. The Most High is not delivering us out of the hands of the so-called white man right now. Why? Because we sinned. He promised us that he was going to do this to us. He promised us that he was going to do exactly what he's doing right now to us. Let's prove that. We're going to go to um, Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 14, it says, but if ye will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and if ye shall despise my statutes or your soul abhor my judgments so that ye will not do all my commandments, but that ye may break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror and consumption and the burning ague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And ye shall sow your seed in vain for your enemies shall eat it. Right. He said he was going to send this terror to us. He prophesied in Deuteronomy 28 that he was going to send that enemy 28 and 48 that he was going to send the enemy. He was going to send that enemy to us. And, and guess what? They were going to do exactly what they're doing, right? We're going to keep going. Verse 17. I will set my face against you and ye shall be slain before your enemies. That like if they that hate you shall reign over you and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. You're going to be, come on, man. You're going to be moving, running around with your, like a chicken with his head cut off. They're the ones slaying us. He prophesied that he was going to be doing this. That's biblical prophecy happening. You just heard biblical prophecy being fulfilled that he was going to slay us. Why? Because we did not keep his commandments. We hated his commandments. We hated his laws. We hated being, being uh, uh, Israelites. We hated it. Why? Because we didn't want to even do what we were supposed to do. 
We didn't want to keep up with the requirements. He said, Israel, what do I require of you? And guess what you said, man? Fuck that shit. That's what our forefather said. And guess what he did? He did every single thing he said he was going to do. Every single thing. He did not have step at all. Right? But I simple ass people today. Well, it don't matter. No justice, no peace. And we just need help. And get the fuck out of here. How the hell? No, you need your God. That's what you need. You don't need man. You need your God, right? I'm going to go back to uh, Zechariah. Go back to Zechariah chapter 1. Chapter 1 and verse 3. And it reads, Thus, Salakia, therefore say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Right? Because he he knew what we were going to be going through. We have to turn back to our God. We got to turn back to our nationality. We got to turn back to who we are. Because if we don't, guess what's going to happen? We're just going to die here. Come back. Right? Let me keep reading on it. Verse 4. Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings, but they did not hear nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. This is why all the evil stuff has been happening to us. This is how we have all these generational curses. This is why all this stuff is happening to us. Hundreds of people are being slain. Hundreds of our people are being slain every year. Unarmed. Being slain every single year by the police. Let alone the the, 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 the black on black violence. Hundreds of people are dying every single year. This It's a massacre every single year. It's astonishing how much evil is happening to our people right now as our fathers were were disobedient so are we he's reaching his hand out to you if he give you ears to hear right now he's reaching his hands out to you start you need to get on fire and start keeping the commandments of your god so he could bless you the problem is, is when you don't do it, stuff like this happens. Massacres. And guess what? There's about to be another great massacre. We're preparing for another great and powerful massacre that's about to happen on the people. I'm, um, I'm going to read this before we get into that, though. I want to read Hosea 4 and 6, a classic. Let's read that one. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. And it reads, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou has rejected knowledge. Our forefathers rejected knowledge, right? Because thou has rejected knowledge, I also will reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me, 
seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So that's how we get in this situation. He forgot our children. He forgot to, to give this information to our children. Why? Because you turned away from him. Your forefathers turned away from him. So guess what? He's not going to give this information to your children. Why? Because you don't have the information. The Bible says, bring up a child in the way that they should go. So when they're older, they shall not depart from them. Right? If you're not bringing up your child in the law, statutes, and commandments of their God and the truth and their identity, then how would they even know? How would they even know what's right or wrong? How would they even know that it's wrong to eat pork? It's a sin to eat pork. How would you know that it's a sin not to wear 100% clothing? How would you know that it's a sin not to wear fringes? How would you know it's a sin not to keep the Sabbath day? The new moon, right? How would you know all of this stuff if your if your parents don't teach you this? How would you know? That's what happened to us. Our fathers, he 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 gave our fathers a covenant, right? He told them, "Hey, look, this is what I want y'all to do," and our forefathers said we would do all of that. And guess what? They immediately broke their word. Immediately, and guess what? They kept on breaking their word. And he gave them chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. Until eventually, guess what? He said, you know what? No more. No more, right? I'm going to keep reading on that too. I'm going to read that again from the top. It says, actually, no, I'm going to skip down to verse. Uh, let me skip down to, yeah, I'm going to go to verse 7. And it says, as they as they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, will I change their glory into shame, right? Most I changed our glory, man. We're supposed to be royalty. We're supposed to be royalty. Instead, we're getting gunned down. We're, we're treated like shit. We're treated like, like, like second-class citizens. In a country that we built, we treat it like we're lazy. We don't want to work. We don't want to do shit in a country that we built. They stole everything from us and we, and our glory is treated like shit. Treated like, 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 like fucking animals, man. While they're boasting themselves on our glory. They're making millions of billions and trillions of dollars off of your back while you at the bottom. All because you sinned against your God, right? We're going to keep going. They eat up the sin of my people and they set their hearts on their iniquities. And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them their doings. Right? Keep going. For they shall not slack it, for they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and they shall not increase because they left off to take heed to the Lord. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with my people right now. Take heed to the Lord. Take heed to the commandments. Why? Because we have another massacre that's about to come. We have another day that's not like 
unto any day. Right. And I want to and I want to uh, uh, be fair and outline that day that's about to happen. That's going to make that day that that this this Elon massacre look like child's play. It's going to make that day look like nothing. Right. I got you. We're going to go to. um. We're going to start at. We're going to start at uh, Amos. Actually, no, we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7. And it says, at last, for that, actually, Salaki, you know what? I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. Let me start at verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7. Alas, for that great day, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Right? So it's telling you that that day, Jacob's trouble is a day. It's a different day. Like no other day. Right? We're going to go to uh, Amos. Right. Amos chapter five and verse 18. Right. Amos chapter five and verse 18. It says, woe unto you that desired the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. Right. Keep going. As if a man did flee from a lion. Right. This is the example that amos is giving right he's saying it's like you ran away from a lion right just just you know how you running and you something chasing you like niggas running away from dogs imagine a big ass pit bull in your neighborhood right and you run away from it <laughs> you got away from it and then now guess what we're gonna we're gonna keep reading and it says as a man did flee from a lion and met him so like a, in a bare metal so you run away from that that lion or pit bull, whichever you want to use, you run away from it. As soon as you finally get free, like whew, and you open your eyes, it's a bear face to face with you, and you be like, "Nigga, what the fuck?" And so now, or went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him, or. You ran into the house thinking, all right, well, I'm I'm away from the lion and I'm away from the bear. And whew, let me get a little break. And you lean your hand on that wall and boom, you got a, 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 a damn rattlesnake bite you. That's what's giving you how that day is going to be. There is no peace. It's going to be nothing but pain and agony and thing after thing back to back to back to back. This person gonna be having guns over here trying to kill you. Your own, your family members gonna be trying to kill you. This gonna be trying to happen. That's gonna be trying to happen. This gonna be tr- all types of stuff is gonna be happening on that day of the Lord. It's a day like never before. It's a day where people are going to literally all that us being friendly and nice and copacetic is gonna be over. That day is coming real soon. This entire country is gonna be turned on its head. This entire country is going to be turned on its head. They, 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 they put it in like TV shows and shit now. Like you, you see something like The Walking Dead. Something like on Netflix is called The Rain. 
um, Black Summer on it. You seeing it? You seeing what's happening? Because people know they know what's about to happen. This stuff is biblical. They're taking it directly out of the Bible and putting it on a movie screen. They're showing you how it's gonna be. They're describing to you what's Jacob's trouble, right? Keep going on it. It says, "Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness?" Right? Just letting you know how dark of a day that's gonna be. Right? We're gonna go to Second Ezra chapter fifteen. Second Ezra chapter fifteen and verse fourteen. It says, "Woe to the world." And them that dwell therein, for the sword and their destruction draweth nigh, right? And one people shall stand up to fight against another, and swords in their hands. It's talking about the guns, man. This is talking about, this is prophesied in the race wars that's about to happen on this earth. Right? That's why, you know, going into all these gun stores and stuff like that, I be seeing stuff. You see a whole bunch of uh, 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 niggas going in there buying guns. A whole bunch of Hispanics in there buying guns. You see a whole bunch of white folks, of course, buying guns. Everybody got guns here in America. Guns on top of guns. Rounds on top of rounds. It's going to be a crazy day. You're going to be seeing a lot of bodies with this shit. Lots of bodies, right? Keep going. For there shall be sedition among men and invading one another. They shall not regard their kings or princes, and the course of their actions shall stand in their own power. We're not listening to no government no more. Why? Why are we not listening to you see you see this happening right now? You see people are slowly saying, Man, fuck this shit. I ain't I ain't, I ain't even scared of it no more. Name another time that people would have stormed the damn Capitol building. Climbing up the walls and shit. Name another time that that would have happened. We're seeing the Most High is literally giving us clues and hints and saying, look, I'm showing you what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to look like when people say, man, fuck the government. We ain't listening to the shit no more. And we're so close to that day. We're so close to that day, right? Keep going. It says, a man shall desire to go into a city and shall not be able to. Because they're going to block the damn city off, man. They got to restrict your movements. They're, gonna, they, they're already restricting our movements. They're already restricting our movement with this fake-ass uh, uh, pandemic. I call it a pandemic. They planned this shit. They're already restricting our movements, right? Keep going. It says, for because their pride, the city shall be troubled. The houses shall be destroyed and men shall be afraid. It's going to be a very fearful day. When you're hearing all these gunshots ring out and seeing all these damn bodies lined up, it's going to be a real fearful day, right? Going to keep going. A man shall have no pity upon his neighbor but shall destroy their house with the sword and spoil their goods because of the lack of bread and for great tribulation. It's talking about the famine. When you hungry and your children is hungry and your wife is hungry, guess what's going to happen? Because you ain't got no faith in the Most High God, guess what's going to happen? 
you're going to run up in somebody else's house, kill them, and take their food. That's what's going to happen. And you'll be seeing people trying to defend their food and stuff with their life. And guess what? People are going to die. A lot of people are going to die. It's already happening. You're seeing the, the, the pieces being moved to it right now. You're seeing the pieces being moved to it right now. You're seeing it, right? This is not my words. I ain't invent this stuff, man. This is in the Bible. We have to come back to the law, statutes, and commandments. We have to. Because if we don't, let's read what happens, right? Let's go to Amos chapter 9. Amos chapter 9 and verse 10. And it says, All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword. You're going to die by that sword. You're going to die. He's not playing when he says this. He wasn't playing when he said that we're going to go into captivity. He wasn't playing when he said that uh, uh, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. He wasn't playing when he said that, uh, 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 like, he wasn't playing about none of this stuff. He's not playing about Jacob's trouble. He's not playing about the race wars. He's not playing about the mark of the beast. He's not playing about none of this stuff. He's not playing when he says all of the sinners of my people are going to die by the sword. He's not playing. This ain't no joke. This is not for play play. He's serious. We have to fear him. Because if we don't fear him, guess what happens, right? Go to Proverbs chapter 1. Classes. These are milk scriptures, man. Milk scriptures. We should, you should, everybody should know this stuff. But guess what? Majority of our people don't know it. Walking around this motherfucker like, like everything is all good. Peaches and cream. And trying to, I can't wait to turn up and hit the club and all this stuff. You need to worry about how you're going to survive, man. You need to worry about these commandments. That's what you need to be worrying about. But you're too simple and stupid that you don't even know that you're literally about to die. You're literally about to die playing around. Let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse. Uh, let's go to verse 22. Just want to read that. It says, how long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? Man, we simple as hell. And we love being simple. If it ain't about turning up, we ain't doing that shit. That's all we know is the turn up. Right? How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in scorn. And that's what they doing. A lot of our people, because they don't want to live right, you talk about the people who are doing trying trying their best and their hardest to live right and move correctly and do what they're supposed to do to show the most how that they fear. You out here playing around and joking around like you got fucking time and shit, like this is a game or something, and you making fun of those people, calling niggas Power Rangers and shit, right? Disrespecting the, the children of the most high, disrespecting the ones that's actually trying who rehearsing the righteous acts, trying to show the most high that they fear him, that they're sorry for what their forefathers did. 
that 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 that's just trying. You you make fun of those. You disrespect those, right? Keep reading. And fools hate knowledge. How long you gonna hate knowledge, fool? This is free game, right? Keep going. Verse twenty three. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and I will make known my words unto you. Right? This is talking about the ones who actually going to fear the Most High, right? He's going to pour his spirit out unto us, right? But for those other ones who reject knowledge, for those fools, for those ones who love simplicity, who don't want to listen when somebody's trying to correct them, right? Keep going. Proverbs uh, 1 and 24. Because I have called and ye re- refuse. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When you when you going through Jacob's trouble, right, and you running away from that line and you think you got free, like, whew, I bet. And then you meet that bear and then you get free from that bear and you're like, man, all this stuff going crazy. And you run into this house and you put your hand on that wall and that snake bites you and you're going to be panicking because you know you about to die and you scared and fearful. He's going to be laughing at your dumb ass. He's going to be mocking you when you try and call him. He's going to be laughing at your stupid ass. Why? Because you ain't want to listen. Keep reading. I also will laugh at your calamity. And I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction come, cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and chose not the fear of the Lord. That's why we need to fear him. Because we don't want him to not listen to us when we need him. We want him to hear us. We, w- we don't want to die. We don't want to fall in those scriptures that says that, that this, all the sinners of his people are going to die. We don't want to fall in that, that scripture, right? We don't want to fall upon the two-thirds. We're going to go to second Ezra real quick. Second Ezra was 15 and verse 25. And it's actually 24. And it says, Woe to them that sin, right? And keep not my commandments, saith the Lord. I will not spare them. Go your way, ye children, from the power, and defile not my sanctuary. Right? He's not going to spare you for being a sinner. You're not getting spared. You're not going to say, well, you know what? God know my heart, man. And I, I just eat this pork and all I got to do is pray over there. I'm good. <laughs> no, fool. When he stretched his hand out to give you the information so you could be saved, you rejected. You rejected. So guess what? When your fear finally do come, then you're going to call him. But you ain't even going to get no prayer through. You're not going to get no prayer through. He's not going to hear you. He'll preserve you to think that you're okay to run away from that line just to get hit with that motherfucking bear. Just to get hit with that damn bear. We've went through too much as a people for everybody to hear all these scriptures to understand that this stuff has to come to pass. 
because he's not playing. We've been through too much of a people to hear this stuff and then for you to be like, well, I'm still not going to take it serious. We've been through too much. You need to take this very serious. And if you don't take it serious, hey, look, man, just live it up. Live it up. Enjoy your death. It's, you, you're literally committing suicide. You're literally putting a fully loaded pistol in your mouth and blowing your brains out. You just don't know you're dead yet. Hey, this has been another episode of the Matt Project Show, and I'm out. Why?